न तू जमी के लिए है न आसमां के लिए जहाँ है तेरे लिए तू नहीं जहाँ के लिए रहेगा रावी और नीलो फरात में कब तक तेरा सफीना कह बहरे बेकरा के लिए निशाने राह दिखाते थे जो सितारों को तरस गए हैं किसी मर्द राहदा के लिए जरा सी बात थी अंदेशा अजम ने इसे बढ़ा दिया है फकत जेबे दास्तां के लिए Welcome to episode 2 of season 2 of the After Hours Alternative available wherever you listen to podcasts. We ended the first episode by reciting a verse of a poem that you heard almost in its entirety at the start of this show written by Alama Iqbal. In many ways I took that first episode to be an experiment. At the time wasn't thinking very clearly had to create had to get a lot of thoughts out. The importance of that sort of letting off steam cannot be understated. I often feel that every person should in some ways be an artist in any way shape or form. Deal with everything like it's a game like it's something that you have the power to influence, that you have the power to create many other branches in because you do. Now this episode is brought to you by Nescafe Black Ice. Hey, I didn't get a sponsor. However, I tried recording this episode 7 to 8 times and I got 6 or 7 minutes in at most times, but it just wasn't clicking. It's because my brain just wasn't working. Until I had this can of cold coffee. Now, I'm someone who has been slightly skeptical and worried about the fact that so many people cannot wake up without a cup of tea. However the fact that I had coffee while starting this recording I guess that's saying something it it's making me challenge my world view which is fine which is good if you've read uh, the subtle art of not giving a fuck by mark manson a wonderful life changing book that I've talked about numerous times on this podcast and I'm going to keep talking about it You should know that if you've read it, you'll already know that there's a part in it in which he talks about the importance of challenging your assumptions. Manson posits that you cannot live a successful life unless you live in a way that is sort of conducive to freedom by allowing yourself to challenge your assumptions whenever new facts arise. A lot of people in life are actually bogged down by their own dogmas. This is very obvious to see. And a lot of us are held down by our beliefs that when new facts arise, instead of altering what we think to be true because of those new facts, we change those facts to fit our worldview. You can already see in this one sentence that, that sounds like a bad idea. I saw a crowd of uh, I saw a picture of a crowd at 
at a jalsa for a party and i thought about the fact that a lot of these things are simply based on things that happened 40 years ago so an ad for the same party that did the jalsa and it said humne hamare leader ke vaade ko nibhana now that leader it was from bbb there was a picture of bilawal bhutto now keep in mind that benazir passed away years ago i was a child back then right and shahid hue hue mere yaad bhi nahi hai 10 saal kam se kam ho gaye hain after which after immediately after which their party came back in power now all of their ads say bbb ke vaade ko nibhana all of their ads and i realized that these are the things that a person can be strung along by for years for hundreds of years in many cases a lot of these things are not actually being focused on very specifically by a lot of very smart people in politics marketing and advertising because that's what makes it easy everyone in any facet of their lives wants to believe that there is a door even right now you and i are ignoring a lot of things in our life because it's easier to believe that hey if i just open that door things would change when we in some corners of our mind fully know that that's not how it's going to happen that there would still be another room with its challenges that we would need to deal with another thing that mark manson talks about in his book is that problems need to be dealt with and that that is the secret to success and happiness a lot of us are looking for the simplest way to get the things done without running into any problems or trouble now this is a spoiler and i'm summarizing his book in a very in a way that does disservice to his wonderful style of writing however the title which puts a lot of people off is essentially talking about that fact that not giving a fuck simply means giving a fuck about the right things and not giving a fuck about things that are inconsequential i think it was the philosopher albert camus who said he who has a why can withstand any how a person who has a reason to do things will withstand any problems that arise in his quest i know because i thought about it and i decided just for laughs to incorporate it into my life and see what happens to truly have a goal towards striving for a lot of us get stuck in what people call the night five a lot of us aren't really focused on the goals that we actually have my degree is accounting and finance if i sit and think about how many of the courses we're studying actually pertain to accounting and finance the chasm between what it should be and what it is is staggering there are only two subjects out of the seven or eight that i take every semester that actually make me work towards the actual goal that exists there are things that will be part of your job small things like for example you have to take a survey on the phone or for example you have to organize an event or even something stupid like oh i have to go buy a roll of uh tape for work and so these small things that are nevertheless a part of the big picture take you further and further and further away from it 
If I stand in front of a door and then I put one box in front of it, the door still remains where it is. It's just that now I'm behind one box. And then I place a second box, a third box, and then just infinite elephant, infinite elements in front of that door. And I will be <laughs> and I will be further away from that door. That door will still remain where it is. Now there are two things, there are two ways to approach this. One is the things I talked about at the start. A lot of people still focus on that door and they think, no, that door is always there. Without realizing that, no, the boxes have to be jumped in order to get to the door. And on the other side of it, people simply forget that there is a door and their entire life becomes about those boxes. Let me beautifully connect this back to what I said at the start of the episode. Allah my bal said, na tu zameen ke liye hai, na asma ke liye. Jahaan hai tere liye, tu nahi jahaan ke liye. We talked about people who are bogged down by their own problems, by their own bad nature, by their own bad deeds in the first episode. These people essentially become for this world instead of this world being for them. We talked about how once you make certain choices in your life, whether they're for political gains or for financial gains, or simply for uh, the gain of how you see yourself, simply in the pursuit of power and lust and greed, you become a slave. You can't stop. I've also previously talked about a lot of things that we, over the course of our lives, take to think of as cliched or childish. However, in most cases, that just means that those are such fundamental truths that unfortunately, because of our dogmas, because of the shit that we're piling on, on top of that truth, it just looks shitty. Like if I cover up a gold bar in dust and give it to you, it'd be like, eh, this is just a bar, of, this is just a brick. Not your fault, per se, for not realizing. However, empirically, it's still a bar of gold. All you need to do is remove the dirt. You meet a lot of people in your life. You can meet two people who do the exact same things, but they go about it completely differently. It makes you think about the fact that maybe the answers, maybe the things that are truly the final end, the result, the goal. Maybe those things are predetermined and pre-existing and just the ways are individual and newer and in our control. Like stairs are stairs. If I ask somebody to make me a picture, to draw a picture of stairs and instead he draws a picture of had to censor that thought out because it was so disgusting that I wouldn't look at the picture and I wouldn't go, oh wow, really detailed, really love it. I guess they're not stairs per se, but since everything is subjective, fine. No, I would probably never talk to that person again, especially if he knew what I said in the part that I censored out. I would stay very far away from that person. I would burn that picture. I'm disturbed by myself for what I thought. Also, speaking of dicks, I uh, want to address something that happened in the first episode. I think I aggressively swore too much to the point where even listening back to it, of course, it was a very, uh, it was a very high octane episode. Even listening back to it, I felt that's a bit too much. 
I'm a bit prone to gatekeeping when it comes to my personality. I don't want people who will focus on the wrong things. However, it was a bit weird. I wanted, and I still want, to uh, disassociate the version of th this version of this show from the previous version that was still on the radio. Also, I don't want people who will uh, argue about things that are inconsequential. Feels like you've never actually thought about it and you're still caught up in dogmas. I do feel weird about it, which is why I'm addressing it, but that's a reason for doing it. Generally, a lot in my real life, however, I don't think I do it aggressively or unattractively it's because i don't want to hurt anyone with it because i don't think anything like that should be done i think morality is very simple do whatever the fuck you want until and unless it starts genuinely hurting someone else or yourself basically contribute positively to the balance and positive and negative is very uh is more than we take it to be you can think of for example addressing your trauma addressing your problems like on this podcast a lot of people say hey that was very heavy it was very dark but it's a release it's cathartic for myself and for people who listen and you can see that ultimately that is not negative that is positive and so even if you're dealing with things positively you mean a lot of people and this is a bit sexist, but it's easy to say. You meet a lot of girls who are very dedicated to being very chirpy and happy all the time. You meet a lot of guys who are very dedicated to being very party people and very brash and aggressive all the time. And you can tell that this is to push down and to repress and to hold back the floodgates. And so that seeming positivity, like life, if I say, hey, life should be a party all the time, Nothing sounds better than that. That sounds like a very positive statement. But we all know the feeling of being with friends, of being outside, of be listening to music, uh, but feeling that weird, heavy thing in the heart. That ultimately is a negative thing. You can look at everything, anything, by its net result, by its net value, and you can categorize it as positive or negative, and that is what it will truly be. I can give you an example very easily of two statements. One of them includes a swear word. One of them does not. One of them is you with a friend annoyed about something. And you say, Yaar, bhenchot kya fuck scene yaar, feels cathartic at the very least. If you're in a genuine, troubling, problematic situation, and it would be joyous, it would be beautiful, it would be funny, because it would be acknowledging the truth and the reality of a situation. And the other situation, the other example, is a person saying, Yara, mere se kuch sunna lena tum. That is clearly a much more dense and sweaty kind of a situation. Even more than positive and negative, I sometimes see situations as sweaty or clean. 
some people's personality are sweaty and some people's personality always look like if I take that first statement of mine if I take my statement that sweating isn't inherently bad profanity well used profanity has existed for tens of thousands of years in every language and it will continue to do so is my belief however if I swear in front of a very nice uncle auntie or even someone who says hey feel what about that and if I say a bench with kya you know, whatever. Hey, that's taking that something that could have been positive into negative. If you distill everything to its core and see it like that, things start to become simpler and easier to see. Things can be seen for their true value, for their true valency, for their true impact on people. I've said this before. And I'll say it again, and I'll keep saying it, probably because I'll forget that I've said it before. There's a bunch of things that if I could read them, if I had somebody to tell me those things every morning, I would listen. And you know the importance of this. You can't just take a bath once in your life and then be like, what the f-? You are not who you are. You are what you do. And that makes you who you are. That's it. Different people can think of you as a different person. When somebody does something shocking, a lot of people in the media you'll hear about someone's suicide or about someone's homicide or about someone's terrorist attack. And different people will say, whoa, we never saw it coming. That's because the nature of reality is that you are not one person. You're a different person to different people. I am a... uh, in the first episode of season two, I said I wanted this podcast to be more personal now, but without, like, I have so many inhibitions, I'm scared of saying everything that I say. I am a complex person, and I have built myself that way because that is how I want to be. Because that is how I deal with the different things that I have inside, and that is what has led to my mental liberation. I read this poem. And I quote, Walt Whitman wrote the wonderful, wonderful, wonderful song of myself. In part 51, he said, The past and present wilt. I have filled them, emptied them, and proceed to fill my next fold of the future. Listener up there, what have you to confide to me? Talk honestly. No one else hears you. And I stay only a minute longer. Do I contradict myself? Very well then I contradict myself. I am large. I contain multitudes. I concentrate toward them that are nigh. I wait on the door slab. Who has done his day's work? Who will soonest be through with his supper? Who wishes to walk with me? Will you speak before I am gone? Will you prove already too late? This is a poem that has had major impact on me. If I ever end up reading one of my poems on this podcast, you will see the influence of this poem in it. In this poem, Walt Whitman says, Do I contradict myself? Very well, then I contradict myself. I am large. I contain multitudes. I've talked on this podcast before about acknowledgement, about accepting, and it's something that, if you have noticed, is the theme of this episode as well. 
You can't run away from your shadow self. You can't run away from the things that you are. And I think even if you can, bad things will happen. Who is that writer? Who is that writer that met his own doppelganger? Let me Google this while I'm talking. Whether met his own doppelganger. The, uh, 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 wait, is it the German writer Gota? Or Gouda, if it depends on how, if you're pronouncing it English or German accent, it's G-O-E-T-H-E, Johann Wolfgang Goethe. He describes meeting, uh, he describes passing his doppelganger on horseback. Wow. There are a lot of things that are fascinating because now we have the internet. And in 90s, 80s, 70s, 60s, we had newspapers and things like that. However, there are things that happened hundreds of thousands of years ago. For example, Goethe's autobiography was published in 1833. And yet there will be stories of meeting your own doppelganger in Pakistan. They'll be in Germany. They'll be in Africa. They'll be in the, in, in the deserts of Arabia. And those things really make you think. Maybe one could make the argument that these things traveled, however... It's weird that these stories could travel back so many years back that things could be in the Bible and the Quran and in Jewish Hasidic literature and even in regular literature, regular stories of the time, kind of makes you think that there's something that's the same, even if it's all in someone's head, even if these are these specific things that are cropping up from within our heads, they're still the same which is insane. It all ties back to the theme of this episode. The, the title says, what is your name? Human beings were all the same. Physically, we all have the same things, but it's just one small difference in people that can make them look different. I have friends that are twins. People that meet them for the first time can't tell them apart. I couldn't tell them apart. But now it's very obvious to me. I see them in public and I'm like, oh, hey. They're called Tarjad and Asaf. And shout out to them because I know they're listening. They're very nice people. It's the very small things. I could obviously tell them apart by their personalities. Even their voices are the same. But I could obviously... We would receive, they would call each other, they would call us from each other's phones because they would do these fun things. But it would become very, I'd be like, oh, hey, there's hearts. I call my friends because I do impressions and parodies sometimes and I would call my friends as someone else or just in a fake voice. It doesn't get, it's very, it's very convincing, not a brag, it's very convincing for up until a very limited specific period of time. That is inevitably some sort of joke that I would make or some sort of thing that I would say that would make people say, Oh, oh, Jalal, oh, hi, Jalal. Even though pitch perfect parody, that would be convincing them up to that point until I say the one thing that exposes me. I've said this before, a drunk man cannot imitate a sober man's walk and a sober man, no matter how good an actor can, is, will never convincingly imitate a drunk man's walk. These are these subtle things that we pick up. We've talked about a book called Blink by Malcolm Gladwell, one of the greatest uh, and at least the most accessible philosophical writers of our time. 
He talks about these subtle things. He talks about how art experts can look at something and feel that it's fake. He starts off the book by talking about a fake that was uh, taken in the Smithsonian Museum. They had carbon dating experts, they had archaeologists, everybody attested to the fact that the description is empirical. I've said the word empirical so much, I feel like I'll go back and delete some of the instances. Uh, that the Im- I go back and listen to each episode before it's ready for air, which makes you think, how do I still say so many stupid things? It's because I want to, it's because I stand by them. The carbon dating tests, the scientific tests, the everything came back, you know, uh, negative, I guess you would say. Okay, in a test, by the way, in a test, if something came, comes back negative, it means that thing is there. If it comes back positive, it means that it isn't there. Like, you all know this, of course, but I'm saying this to emphasize a point that I made before about the nature of positive and negative. If I say her test results came back positive, you'd be like, oh, thank God. But if I say, no, they, they came back positive for AIDS, you'd be like, yeah, thank God, I hate her. So glad she's going to be fucking dead soon. But that's because they came back positive for AIDS. The test result in itself isn't positive. It's just that it's positive for a negative thing. All of the results would come back uh, positive. All of the results would come back uh, saying, hey, no, this isn't a fake. And there were things that the art world was shook by. I want to tell you all of it because I think you should read this book. It's the summers. Read this book. It's great. It's life-changing. Again, it's about the power of the subconscious. It's about the power of how the things that you are, the things that you do, uh, create a resource of intuition inside yourself that gives you these like superpowers and all of us have them and yet art experts would look at it and they would say something felt wrong about it and they'd be like what seems wrong be like, I don't know it looks like it's from that era and if your scientists and people are saying yes right the fuck they might be right but it just doesn't feel right and years later, it would be found out that, yes, those pieces were fakes. And those experts were called and they'd be like, okay, what? Tell us, how did you know? And they'd be like, I really don't know. I just knew it was fake the second I saw it. The power of intuition. We look at people and we don't know why we know, oh, he's lying. We look at things and we can be like, ah, this doesn't feel right. We end up doing a lot of things that we don't feel right about. You know, people say, I don't And yet you still do it because there isn't any evidence to suggest that it would happen. And yet you knew that it would. The power of intuition, the power of your sleeper self is more than you consciously are being told at any given second. I guess I'm telling you. But a lot of people would be like, ah, ye baat hai. But it makes you think about the shared resources that we all have. Kind of like how you can go connect to a Wi-Fi. In the same way we're thinking thoughts, they're nowhere to be seen. They're happening inside of us. We're thinking these thoughts, think about your thoughts, if you think about them physically, like the Wi-Fi, how you think about airwaves. Okay, they're there in the air, but we can't see them, but they're being transmitted. In the same way, your thoughts are going out. In the same way, 
you can talk to someone you can lie and somebody can say oh he was lying because that information was encoded somewhere in the wi-fi who is being passed along in the in it intonation as an accuracy of pitch. intonation intonation i'm gonna say get in the tone of your voice these things can be communicated even though they're not explicitly being sent sort of like how a virus can be sent with files with a link these things are happening unnoticed unexpected unbelievable but undeniable and you realize these things within yourself and you realize get okay you are complex by the nature of the fact that you are a human being i'm going to very impressively keep closing the threads of conversation that i started jahanta ki baat aayi thi i'm going to take it back stalking about multitudes within myself because i realized okay they're there realized ki okay instead of having to deal with the fact that sometimes i want to do bad things i want to do violent things i'm fascinated by dark things okay i have to deal with it i have to realize ki okay that's a part of me i have to then decide what to do with it realization that okay i do want to genuinely help people it's not in my domain to do so right now like these rupees and that i can eat i can go to the kokka and i can get salan and roti oh man i can't give it to someone and yet i want to and then that makes you think okay in the same way that i'm hungry this dude is hungry i can get 30 rupees pal man this dude probably can't i don't know my friend probably can't let's not even talk about that it makes you realize these things about your friends in need it makes you realize these things about your friends with depression it makes you realize these things about your friends who are going down a dark path your friends who aren't studying and you can see they're going to fail you can pick up on these things because you pick up on these things within yourself if you know about your car you can look at other people's car and you can be like oh yeah i mess up with i had gave look at the pipe i think pipe leak again said that kind of thing you know those type of things happen very simply very easily even if it's not in books even if it's not being acknowledged there are things that will be true and certainly in the domain of the spirit in the domain of friendship in the domain of love in the domain of truth in the domain of spirituality in the domain of god i said this thing a lot uh there's a rap artist that i really like called lupe fiasco somebody would have heard a song by him if you want to listen If you just want to listen to an abstract sort of song that's beautiful, one of my favorite songs by him is Body of Work. You won't understand what the shit he's talking about, but you'll pick up on meanings and that will be a journey that you can take. Anywho, he always quoted at saying, "Okay, faith." Somebody asked him what he believes in and he says, "Just a bunch of nonsense." He was raised Muslim and thankfully he lives in the US where he can talk about these ideas without being killed for it. And he said, "Yeah, I'm not like like I believe in God and I read the Quran, but if I had to say I would say yeah, I'm an atheist." And people were like, "How can you say that?" And he says, "Well, I'm not, but but I am." Because certain ways in which I look at things, I'm like, "Oh, sure. Huh, there is no God in this universe." because there is nobody telling me to do anything 
And they said, well, don't you have faith? He said, sure, I have lots of faith, but faith is nonsense. And then he had to explain himself when people got really mad. And he said, hey, it is nonsense in the fact that there are five senses. Touch, feel, see, hear. I can't touch faith. I can't taste faith. I can't see faith. I can't hear faith. That's a nonsense. I do believe in it. I feel it. A friend of mine says this really nice thing sometimes. She says that the things, the rational explanation for things are way more fucking insane than the spiritual reasons for it. If we say, oh, hey, no, we just came up with God through our own thinking. Hey, that's way more spiritual and abstract and beautiful than the fact that it exists. That's way more mystical. If you believe in that, that's not going to be an excuse for saying, oh, hey, God doesn't exist. I don't care. That means because something does exist. That means that a huge power exists somewhere within yourself. I connected back to something that I said in the previous episode in the Quran. God says, I blew my breath into human beings. I've said this a bunch of times. And if you've listened so far, because people don't believe it, I'm going to tell you where it is. In chapter number 38, verse number 72. I'm going to recite it for you and I'm going to read a bunch of translations of it because I, I feel like, yeah, okay, I should. فَإِذَا سَوَيْتُهُ وَنَفَخْتُ فِيهِ مِنْ رُوحِي فَقَعُوا لَهُ سَادِدِينَ The Sahih International Translation says, So when I have proportioned him and breathed into him of my soul, then fall down to him in prostration. Pixal says, and when I have fashioned him and breathed into him of my spirit, then fall down before him and prostrate. Yusuf Ali says, when I have fashioned him in due proportion and breathed into him of my spirit, fall you down in obedience unto him. Yakir says, so when I have made him complete and breathed into him of my spirit, then fall down, making obeisance to him. Muhammad said, whoever you believe, whoever you say, so many people say, you know, this isn't there, no, you're misrepresenting him. Muhammad says, and when I gave it proper shape and blow my spirit into it, bow down in prostration to him. These human beings, me, you, your father, your teacher, your enemies, your children, each of us that was ever created, every single human being says, and when I give it proper shape and blow my spirit into it, bow down in prostration into him and this is being said to the angels this is being said to satan mohsin khan says so when i have fashioned him and breathed into him my soul created by me then you fall down prostrate to him arbury says when i have shaped him and breathed my spirit in him fall you down bowing before him so many people have said this I, it simply doesn't exist. So many people have said, hey, your interpretation is different. And even while I say, yes, I believe if psychedelics are a way for you to know anything better, for you to know yourself better, there are things, there are opinions on Islam, there are people that say certain psychedelics, certain psychedelics, if they take you into something beautiful, they're not forbidden, fine. Please don't kill me for saying this, right? Again, I'm saying other people say this. And while, even if I am to say, okay, okay that is true, 
There is nothing that will say to abuse this body of ours again. Proportioned him, fashioned him, made him complete, gave it proper shape, shaped him, all of these things. My spirit, my spirit, my spirit, my spirit, his soul created by me, breathed my spirit in him. This is my argument against being complacent with these bad things that you do. A friend of mine, another friend of mine said that evil and sadness lie on the same end of the same spectrum. You realize the same fear, you realize the same problems and they both end, end up on the same spectrum. On one end is this narcissistic, uh, oh hey my drawing just finished downloading. This belief that oh hey I can do no wrong, oh hey people are jealous of me, oh hey people are out to just hate me for no reason. And on the other end of that spectrum is oh hey everything I do is wrong, people are out to get me because they hate me people are out to destroy me i am actually terrible all of it revolves around the same sort of self uh narcissism basically too much self-importance both of these things lie in abuse of the soul when i've i've gotten so hard right now when i'm like ball said that you're for the earth or the earth where you're not you cannot bring yourself down to the level of these things that are being created you cannot chain yourself to the night of five you cannot chain yourself to greed you cannot chain yourself to hatred you cannot chain yourself to one certain path he says in this further now i'm going to explain this poem which is alam ibal said rahega raviyon nilo farat mein kab tak tera safina hai ke behre behkara ke liye safina means ship behr means ocean be anything that we say be means without so behkara means without any bounds without any limits Ramak Bal says, how long while your ship remains in Ravi, Nile and Euphrates, when it is meant for the ocean which knows no bounds? Both sides, if you're saying your self-doubt or if you have no doubt, both of these things are bogging you down to some sort of shackle. They're bogging you down even if you have a goal, a short-sighted goal, your 9 to 5, your things for caring, for these excuses that you make so many people. And I know that I can, if you can take my word for it, if you can listen to my podcast so far and believe me for the things that I say, I can tell you right now, these are all lies and excuses. If you say, oh no, I have to do this for my children, I have to do this for God, I have to do this for my girlfriend, I have to do this for money, I have to do this for myself. All excuses, even if you're very dedicated, even if you're very, even if you've made achievements to them, even if they're not excuses, they're still excuses. These things which I'm telling you are simple. I keep saying they're simple. I keep saying that they're simple. Zara si baat thi. Andeshai ajum ne usse. Ajum means non-Arab. And uh, in Iqbal's poems, he used it to mean the Pakistanis and the Persians, the Turkish, the Farsis, in which the Farsi language in which he, in which he wrote a lot of his poems. Was a plain and simple truth, but the imagination of the Persian mind Zeb as in attractiveness, as in poetic license, Zeb Dastna. All of these either Molvis, all of these either scientists, all of these people on television. 
saying that these things are much more bigger than they are just for their own gain or just for their own attractiveness. This is the great lie that has happened. This is the great trap that has been laid out for each of us when scientists say that, oh, hey, no, oh, I won't say it in any, any, any knowledge. I said this before in the show. Anything that if we're to say, oh, hey, you can't understand this on your own, you have to subscribe to a particular interpretation and you have to kill the people who don't believe in that certain interpretation and you have to b- hate the other people that don't believe in this particular interpretation. You have to say that, oh, no, these are uneducated madrasa All of these are lies. Human beings are not the one thing that we were told by our employers, hey, your life is just to do this nine to five job. Hey, your life is just to read these certain holy books and believe in them and fight for them. Hey, your life is just to nihilistic and what's the word for it? Hedonistic lifestyle. Hey, if you do these small things for the people of the world, there won't be enough. Hey, you have to do these things for the people of the world and nothing you ever do will be enough. So you just have to do more and more and more. You will throw all of these things to the sides and you will realize one certain truth that I cannot explain, that all of these things are in a struggle to explain to you. There's a fight to explain to you that, hey, this is happening and it will give you nothing but happiness for yourself. There will be levels to this shit. There will be one box that you will jump over so that you can get to the door. There will be a peace. When you meditate, you will acknowledge the boxes for what they are. You will look at the problems for what they are and you will say, Oh, hey, okay, no, I don't need to be neurotic about them. I don't need to become a certain sort of a person, an obnoxious sort of a person in any way. I can just be whoever I am and I can deal with these things in any way that I want to because you will be connected to something deep inside or something deep outside, however you want to look at it. Like the episode title says, what is your name? If somebody that you knew and loved had completely changed, would you still love that person even if they weren't that same? even if their point of view is completely different. In this next podcast, if I started talking about something really weird, pick any weird topic of your choice that would make you not want to listen to this podcast, would you still say, hey, no, Anjala, guess your podcast is great. We should all listen to it. Your name means nothing except for what you want it to be. Even if you're feared, even if you're respected, it could not be true. Even if your name means a net worth of 6 million rupees, it could also mean people that fucking hate you because your personality is abhorrent. Because the way you speak is annoying. Because the things you believe in aren't conducive to a positive universe. Look at these huge politicians, our parents, our grandparents, the youth of today, a sizable, sizable portion of the youth, 
still believe in the great things that they said, still believe in the promises of Benazir Bhutto and Zulfiqar Ali Bhutto, people who are dead. And people will still look at people of this day and they will say, hey, no, we connect their names. We connect the Bhutto name with these people and this is why we believe in them. And yet, and lo, their time is up. And yet they're being jailed, they're being ridiculed, they're being made fun of. Because their names don't mean shit. Because it is their actions that people can see truly for what they hide. A small political thought that I really want to say. When people say, Tum kitne bhutto ghar se bhutto Hey, this doesn't mean shit in the current scenario because the Bhuttas of today have done nothing but close your eyes and think about that time when Zulfiqar Ali Bhutto was fighting against dictatorship and against extremism and against exploitation of the poor. And that sentence would give you chills. Because it's not the name that was important, because it is the ideals. When it said it meant that every house would have an enlightened person who wanted to fight for the rights of the people, who wanted to make the society free for all, who wanted to give roti kapadormaka, even if his own kids, in-laws, whatever, dhamad, whatever shit aren't believing in it, means nothing. The people that you put your faith in means nothing. The books that you put your faith in mean nothing. Unless, unless, unless you can look at it from the simple valency of positive and negative and you can say, hey, okay, this makes sense to me. If you can look at your own life and you can say, oh, hey, okay, I have contributed positively, negatively to this. If you're depressed, I swear to you, your life can change if you look at it from this point of view. If you're a terrible person, if these things have any, any bearing on your soul, if any of these please make anything to you, it's not late. You're not the Indian film wala villain for whom it's too late. Anybody who you are, this is what I'm telling you. It's never too late. It would have been ideal for you to start on anything, and this is the secret to beating procrastination, even. If it was the best time to start on anything 30 days ago, that was the best time 30 days ago. Now, 30 days late, the best time is now. There is no other thing that exists except for the now. Because what you do in the now can make what has happened in the past completely relevant for better or for worse. And you can through the secret of knowing that what exists, the center of all time exists right now. You hold in your hands the power to create. You have to become an artist. You have to create the past, the present and the future. While we leave, I talked about some books, Blink by Malcolm Gladwell. I talked about the poem, Song of Myself by Walt Whitman. And subscribe to this podcast. We are now not a Putari exclusive. We are now not just on the radio. You can listen to this podcast anywhere.
You can also listen to us on uh, the podcast app on your Apple phone, iPhone, iPad, whatever. You can literally just say, hey, Siri, play the podcast, the After Hours Alternative, and it'll start playing. I'm also on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, Radio Public, CastBox, Podcast Go, what, any podcast apps, no, no, all of them. And uh, please tell your friends to listen if you liked it. I'm sure you'd want to tell them, but this is just a reminder. If you do that, it'll make your friends feel good and it'll make me feel less alone and sad and frustrated, I guess. Some of the things that we talked about during this episode bring to mind another poem of Alam Iqbal, which I'm going to read now. I think I'll say the meaning of a few words before I start the poem so it's uninterrupted. This poem is called Hashem Musafir Har Cheez Rahim. Murgh Mahi means the birds and the fish, Murgh and Mahi. Mardimida means man on a mission, a man of fight. Mira Lashkin means leader of a group of people, it's just leader generally. Nuri Hazuri means Nuri means angels, Hazuri means the people of the earth. Besawadi means ignorance, but in a way that ignorance both through action and of intention. Kamnigahi means narrow mindedness, narrow vision. Dunyai Du means the material world. Rahibi means disconnecting from the world, withdrawing from a world. I think I think Rabbi basically comes from Rahibi. Padshahi means Badshahi. Rahibi and Padshahi versus Dunyai Du Kikapta Golami. Ya Rahibi Karya Padshahi. Dunyai Du means the material world or a, a darkness, a world of darkness. Here, Rahibi can also mean either choose to heal through spirituality, as in through the portions of healing, the words, something like that. as in either choose a prince's scepter, as in either choose to help through action or choose to help through healing in that way. Like how Lama Iqbal himself was a spiritual poet who was more focused on awakening uh, the bug in other people. Uh, and then finally says Kirdar Besos as in passionless personality Guftar Vahi Vahi means Guftar Vahi means something's beside the point as in not relevant but everything besides the point Urdu mein we would say ke asal maqsad se hat ke urdi sidi koi baat so this is Har Shem Usafir by Lama Iqbal Har Shem Usafir Har Cheez Rahi क्या चांद तारे क्या मुरगुमाई तू मर्द मैदान तू मेरे लश्कर नूरे हजूरी तेरे सिपाही कुछ कदर अपनी तूने न जानी ये बेसवादी ये कम निगाही दुनिया दूं कि कब तक गुलामी या राहबी कर या बादशाही पीरे हरम को देखा है मैंने किरदार बेसोज गुफ्तार वाही हर शे मुसाफिर हर चीज राहे क्या चांद तारे क्या मुरगुमाए तू मर्द मैदान तू मेरा लश्कर नूरे हजूरी तेरे सिपाही